Hey everybody, it's me, Kobe. I wanted to thank you, the listener, for being patient with us at Retromania. I've had some technical difficulties with my computer, um, but we're all back on track right now. So thank you for joining us for Marking Out the Days here on a delayed episode. Shout out to AC and the crew over there at Cool Truth. Shout out to Dave for always being a great co-host and having the best content on the network. Um, Thank you guys so much. Please rate, review, share, and subscribe if you dig this. Enjoy. And it's obviously not Mother's Day. It is Memorial Day. So we will uh, live in the memory of our mothers. Uh, always memorialize our mothers. Remember them. It's, uh, it's the spirit of Mother's Day. Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at Two or our Twitter handle, at KickingOut2, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody and welcome to Marking Out the Day's presents raw is 30 this is the show where we travel back 30 years and look at one episode of monday night raw from the year 1993 i'm one half of your hosting squad kobe nida and as always i am joined here with the mayor of kicking out at two dave rosenbluth dave how's it going baby what's up dude how you doing daddy um Uh, daddy's doing all right cool cool you ready to get into this um this episode of Monday Night Raw, do you want to let everybody know yeah. what kind of happens on this episode before? Yeah, I am actually. I am actually interested in getting into this one. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the last one we watched in April, I wasn't really. It was just kind of like a. It, it was. A, I mean, these early episodes of Raw are hit or miss. You get some real stinkers, yeah. and then you get some good ones. And I think we're in for a good one on on on, on May seventeenth, nineteen ninety three. An unknown kid. Upsetting Razor Ramon in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting as we go through this episode, uh, they really didn't have the name solidified for the kid, quote unquote, yet. So no, they were toying with different ideas. It was you know for for a few weeks prior to this, on prior episodes of Raw, he was known as the Kamikaze Kid, the Cannonball Kid, um, suffering losses at the hands of Doink, Mister Hughes. So. Um, he, they were just kind of going through the motions with him. It's it's funny because, and we'll talk more about it, but um, a lot of these episodes of Raw, especially in the early 90s, I didn't get a chance to watch them because my parents actually gave me a bedtime at a very young age. So wow. uh, they actually were par- they were actually parents. Yeah. Not like parents out there nowadays that let their kids do whatever the fuck hey, they want. Hey, hop on your tablet um, there, Dave. <laughs> and just go to right. sleep, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i didn't have a tv in my room either you know yeah. what i mean like i was you know i was actually told what to do and i did it you know so um 
<laughs> not like nowadays where like these kids will divorce their parents uh, you know, will divorce their parents because they were told to wash the fucking dishes. Yeah, all those kids. Thanks, Macaulay all those kids Culkin. are calling you a mark right now for your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Jesus Christ, I'm so I'm such a fucking super mark for mom and dad. Let me tell you. <laughs> this you episode's know? gonna actually drop on Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day, everybody. Oh, look at that. There we go. Mother's Day. All right. <laughs> really? We're going to drop it on Mother's yeah, Day? Yeah, May 17th this year is uh, Mother's Day. So, yep. Really? Okay. All right, cool. So, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there that listen to this or all the, the, the listeners that have moms that, you know, actually parented them the right way and forced them to go to bed when they were fucking told to. Um <laughs> Thank you all for, for listening and being a part of this. And if I'm a mark for my parents, so fucking what, all right? You know, at least at least I don't go on Twitter on these and do these random rants to random people because misinformation's been spread, a.k.a. Tony Khan, who probably needed a spanking from his fucking mother and his father instead of getting handed everything to him, that little fucking loser. Anyways, um... Yeah, May 17th, 19th. I didn't get to see this episode live because I was in bed um, and I was getting ready for school the next day. Wrestling wasn't allowed on a school night. I'll say that. So a lot of these early 90 Raws I didn't get a chance to see. I've seen this match before on on other platforms, YouTube. I think there was a Best of Raw DVD that came out years ago. This match was on it, 1-2-3 Kid and Razor Ramon. Or should I say the Upset Kid because he wasn't the 1-2-3 Kid at that point. Yeah. So um, looking forward to going back and watching this entire episode from start to finish. Um, but like I said, some of these are hit or misses. The last episode you and I did, I was, you know, ugh. Phew. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. But, you know, we had to, we had to redeem ourselves, and I think, this episode will surely redeem itself, um, and dare I say, probably the best episode of Monday Night Raw of the entire year of 1993. So um, we are really excited to get into this and watch it with all. Absolutely, of you. we're going to watch it in all its raw glory. Um, how do we get there? We go on the Peacock TV. You find Monday Night Raw in the Raw section. You can go to the early days. Uh, that's my category. Season, Season one. Season one. Episode 17. Episode. 17, yep, that's right. And Dave, Look at that. Somebody you're going to do homework. the countdown for us? Yes, I will do the countdown for us. When I say play, you'll press play. And then from time to time, you know, when it sees fit, I might turn the audio up. I'll give you guys a time stamp, let you know where we're at. In case some of, your, some of you, you know, have shitty internet. Maybe because you were parented real shitty. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> But nonetheless... Um, I don't know why I'm just in, in this mood today. I, honestly, I really don't know why. I mean, you know, it's 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 kayfabe Mother's yeah. Day, and um, and I and I just don't know why I'm in this mood. But um, nonetheless, um, I'm here and I'm ready to do the thing. So I will give you all a countdown. When I say play, press play. Uh, season one, episode seventeen, Monday Night Raw from May seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight, ninety three. In five. Four, three, two, one, hit play. All right. Classic opening here. Still features Hulk Hogan as well. So. Well, he's still part of the show, so I mean. Yeah, he's, he's halfway. He's got one big boot in, one big boot out, in my opinion. Oh, look at you. 
oh man, how long did it take you to come up with that one? You probably had one. You probably had one in the ar- had that in the archive since the last episode. I bet. Uh, huh? No, but I, I have been thinking about some things of the year of 1993 because of all the in betweens going on and what we've uh, what we've been experiencing. Hello, hi, how you doing, lady? Hey, no. Why don't you come back to my office? Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Hey, pal. No, this is oh. an interesting year. Nineteen. 19- this is called an NDA. <laughs> We're not on NBC. We're on NDAs. Um, no disclosure. I mean, non-disclosure agreement. Oh, man, here here we are with uh, Macho Man at the Special Olympics. Um, he wasn't performing. Sorry to put it that way, without context. Well, thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, getting some promotion there, some. Uh, from WWF, I, I was just saying the year of 1993 is just so interesting to me for a lot of, it's it kind of starts this crossover of what we end up having, the Monday Night Wars. Um, you get Jim, Jim Ross coming over to WWF, um, yep. and in the in-betweens, you get Jim Neidhart sliding over to WCW for a couple appearances. Um, yeah, I know, I, I remember that. Uh not back then, but I remember seeing um, episodes of WCW Saturday Night in later years uh, with Nightheart tagging with you know random tags with like him and like Junkyard Dog or 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 whoever you know he was he wasn't highlighted but he was kind of like a an enhancement talent with star power if you will on that show yeah absolutely and then uh, we see Ric Flair <laughs> playing flip flop going back to WCW. Um, a lot of the guys on the upper part of the card in WCW, too, would become members of the WWF during the Attitude Era. You're looking at Vader, Cactus Jack, Steve Austin, um, Brian Pillman as well. Um, it, it's Mark Marrow, a.k.a. Johnny B. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, it's very cool seeing that this time period right now on the in-betweens. Yeah, um, I I was able to catch. I know that you like to watch a little bit of um, you know the the Raws leading up to this and Superstars as well to kind of get us up to speed a little bit um, as we're watching the the Mister Perfect uh, Shawn Michaels parking lot uh, brawl or outside the the Manhattan. It's not even a parking lot. It's actually in the middle of yeah. the street. Uh, you see Bruce Pritchard and Tony Gurria getting in there, oh, yeah. breaking it up. Um, but um, let me just say, with this with this street fight, if you will, this was something very new yes. uh, at the time in the WWF. You didn't see stuff like this um, being filmed and put on their show. All the action pretty much took place in the ring or maybe to some extent in the dressing room. But nothing like this where you see the studio audiences out there waiting to get in. Um, it's, it, it's, actually pretty, it's actually pretty cool the, to, to see this some 30 years later. Um, yeah, and just and just how much the product and the business has evolved. Absolutely, because like I said, this wasn't something that was a regular thing. So when you saw, you know, thirty years ago, when you saw something like this, you were like, "Oh my god, wow, this is like this is happening." You know, even at ten years old, I remember seeing clips of that on like Superstars or Wrestling Challenge. And I'd be like, oh, my God, i got to watch Raw. And then I forgot, i got a fucking bedtime, so I can't watch Raw. So fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thanks, Mom and Dad. Of course. I'm a big mark for you, though. 
No, it's it's. I think you're right. Like um, WWF is kind of uh, getting outside of the box with their um, with with their programming now. They're starting to get a little more realism. Speaking of non well realism, lack thereof is the two Cowboys coming out. They had some promos leading up to the last couple weeks, making their debut as the Smoking Guns, Bart and Billy. Billy and Bart. That's right. Yeah. Or Billy and Bart, whatever. Bart, Bart Billy, Billy doesn't matter. You say Bart and Billy, I say Billy and Bart. Uh, yeah, Bart and Billy. Bart and Billy, Billy and Bart. But I thought this was the coolest whatever, shit as a kid matter. coming out there with the guns and everything. And uh, and the the movie Young Guns was still kind of in the, uh, the, the lore of, or not lore, but the pop culture. Um, the, oh, with um, Emilio yeah, Estevez? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. Yeah, so this was a. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. It was, you know, during this time period, um, the Guns were one of the, the um, really the only true tag teams in that depleting WWF tag team division. I mean, um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because this was they were in addition. You had the Steiners, the Head Shrinkers, Money Incorporated, and the Guns. They were the new faces. Um, yeah, they were the new faces of the tag team division. The Quebecers would eventually come onto the scene, Jacques and Pierre. Um, but as time went on in 93, going into 94, and even 95, and parts of 96, the Guns had some serious longevity in those three-plus years, despite the fact that the tag team division had, in, in the WWF, at the very least, was depleting. Yeah. Um, you, you, I mean, they were the mainstay. They were... They were what kind of held it together for those three years. And you had different variations of teams come and go. Men on a mission um, was, I wouldn't say it was for a cup of coffee, but they didn't last as long as many expected. Um, who else? Yeah, Luger and Bulldog eventually would be a team. That was very short-lived. Um, even Razor Ramon and the 1-2-3 Kid had a short run as a tag team mm-hmm. um, going after the guns for the championship. So there, the, it seemed to be that their focus was obviously, and it's never really been on tag team wrestling, but for whatever reason, the guns were just like the, I don't know, like the workhorse team of the division. You know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they always kept them together for whatever reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they worked well as a team. I, and as a kid, I was convinced that they were brothers. Um, same. Same. I mean, they look right. similar. You know, they get similar looks and similar body body style. It's interesting to see Billy here, you know, tall, scrawny, doesn't really have much of a physique. And then looking at him now, he's almost 60 years old, and he looks better than most of the guys in AEW. Isn't that crazy how, <laughs> how a natural body works like that? So natural, right? Oh, I know. It's, he's got that Benjamin Button thing going on. <clears throat> HGH. Hey, so uh, anyhow, he, he just gave a suplex to Glenn Ruth, who is a thrasher from the Headbangers. Yes, uh, yes, that's right. Up- I'm sure that all of our... All of our parentless listeners would would, would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, they would end up tying it up again, Billy and uh, Glenn, later in the Attitude Era as Headbangers and New Age Outlaws would tie it up. And then even uh, a couple years after that, when they they came back into the picture in SmackDown and uh, the New Age Outlaws were there and the Headbangers were back again. Yes, yeah, they, so they, they, they're, they're familiar with each other. They've... Uh... They've uh, they've they've been around the block in in wrestling. Here's I got a question for you. Um, 
do you, are you familiar with the TV show Yellowstone with Kevin Costner? Yes, all right, so do, do you watch it, or you just, are you familiar with it? I've caught the uh, first two episodes, and my, the wife is not a fan, so I have to find time to watch that on my own. Um, so i got to finish okay. it. I'm so interested. With, with the, with the, okay, so with the popularity of that show and the, the Western you know, cowboy element to it um, taking place in Montana, um, I'm just curious Ooh. if... Oh, that is pretty ugly. That's an—I mean, in theory, that's a decent-looking finisher, Fuck. but it yeah. executed pretty ugly. That was a, I'm just curious if—if if, yeah, that, for the fans not uh, watching, that was a monkey flip into a hard pile driver. Uh, so Glenn Ruth got monkey flipped by Billy Gunn, and then Bart Gunn grabbed him, gut wrenched him into a pile driver that looked deadly. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if if the cowboy western thing would get over again in the WWF considering how popular country music has gotten as well as Yellowstone the TV show and what its effect had and the effect it's had on pop culture. I think I think the only thing is the country music doesn't reflect what Yellowstone is. The new country music is like that like hip hop country that's like There's some of yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, there's some, yeah. Uh, but if you're go if you're I going country that. western like uh influence there there still is a lot of uh american culture that is that way but it's not televised or uh you know it's not it's not pimped out as much <laughs> as every as every no, other right yeah yeah, yeah that's, every other culture of of life um but I, it, yeah that's a, that's a good way if, of putting if it. the wwe were to kind of like uh do something i i, I would suggest taking rick boogs and making him a uh, uh like a country western guy <laughs> I mean, they could also fire him, too, because I don't really care for him right. either. Um, along with Elias and a lot of other guys that are on that roster. But let's play the audio for this oh, yeah. upcoming promo with uh, Shawn Michaels here in ring with Vince McMahon. I'm currently dancing with Shawn Michaels right now as this music's going. <laughs> Up and down their spine, I'm just a sexy boy. I'm glad I I'm glad I wore my towel this morning. Oh, you did? See, I was looking for those. I couldn't find them anywhere. I got the jacket with the with the, the the rhinestones and the mirrors. So maybe if you can like next day ship those chaps, then I can wear the whole yeah. deal and put it on. Yeah. Anyways, back to the back to the audio. Currently at 11 minutes and four seconds and counting. For those of you watching along. Jack match with 
Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I told you I'd walk out the Intercontinental Champion. Done. And on to Mr. Perfect. I told everybody that I was better than Mr. Perfect. I took Mr. Perfect's best shot, and let's see here, I'm still the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion. Hey, yeah. Well, you, you have been a champion, some would say somewhat of a reluctant fighting champion, however. Reluctant? You call traveling all over the world defending this title with blood, sweat, and tears? Reluctant? I, I know you don't. You don't have to tell me. You know as well as I do. I'm the best in the World Wrestling Federation. I will defend this title anywhere, anytime, against anybody. Because I'm the man. I'm the heartbreak kid. When you're clam up, when you're Shawn Michaels, you fear no man. Anywhere, any place, any time, Jack. Well, there's, there's no question, Mr. Michaels, that you have a thank you. 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 So that's the first major development of this episode, the return of Marty Jannetty to challenge yeah, Shawn Michaels I, for the Intercontinental title. But he said, I just I just came back from a house party. Somebody died there, so I got I gotta get paid real quick. Sorry. Sounds Go like ahead. you had a house party during that promo with all the moving around you were doing with the moving furniture. Uh, we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> my, my my field recorder died and I luckily got enough batteries back into it to get right back to recording with you. Oh my Ooh. god. Jeez Louise. We're good, though. We're, we're good. 
All right. Speaking of good, here is Razor Ramon. Hey, Chico. Hey, man. The last man yes. standing. So we'll have Marty Jannetty and uh, Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. Yes. Yes, long, we will. Long awaited. Oh, oh that I lady know. almost ate it. Yeah, yeah, she almost ate the steps and Razor Ramon. <laughs> you saw her trying Here to go in for a is... kiss, and he was like, no, chica, no, I ain't, I ain't the kid. I, I'm not that hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I already had yeah. a full meal in the backstage. Vince has got to sign an NDA. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we have the kid here, but his tights say L kid. For Lightning Kid, uh, that was his moniker in uh, uh, USWA. Actually. Global, yeah, global, yeah, global. As well. yeah. Uh, series of matches he had with uh, Jerry Lynn seemed to be pretty popular. Um, he yes, was sir. one of the great matches. He was one of like the underground hidden gems of the of, of the tape trading scene before there were the indie darlings that a lot of fans are used to today. With you know guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk who. Made a big name for themselves on the Indies. Kid was doing it um, in the tape trading world with matches against Jerry Lynn that eventually led him to being uh, being contracted with the WWF, getting his big break then. Yeah. Um, also during this year, he's part of the Super J Cup with NJ, NJPW. Oh, in '93. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's right. I forgot you like that. You like that 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 Japanese shit. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that Japanese shit, um, what happened on May the third? Do you know? Uh, was there Hulk Hogan involvement with the Great Muda? Yes, indeed, sir. Wrestling Dontaku, uh, Hulk Hogan against the Great Muda, champion against champion. Yes, which. I've actually watched. I think I think you gave me a link once to to watch that match, which was actually a pretty damn good match. A lot of people, a lot of people shit on Hogan for not being the most technical worker, but his stuff in Japan, he's working just about as good as anybody. Yeah, we actually covered that on Gaijin Wrestling Radio. You and I watched along with that match. Uh, some impressive stuff from Hulk Hogan doing a drop toe hold into an armbar. Um, then great Muda running forty feet to do a drop kick. Uh, yeah, it was interesting stuff. But, uh, I mean, after the match, do, do you want to hear what Hulk Hogan had to say after the match? I had the uh, Hold on. Let's see. I think we're at the finish here. Yep, we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, One, yeah. One, so. two, three. We got a winner. Wow. Let's play the audio. Oh, my God. The kid. The kid. Wow. That was quick. I forgot how short that match was. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I, I was thinking it was going to go a little longer. We're talking about Japanese tacos and, and Hulk Hogan. And you're, <laughs> and, and you're over here. And we're over here forgetting that the one, two, three kid just pulled off the upset of his career. The upset kid finally beaten someone of credibility. Razor Ramon. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's... That, that, that obviously the it's it's what got him on the map. Obviously, we can yeah. you know no doubt about it. But would you say that would be his defining moment of his career, considering he well, had some other great moments? 
close to it. I mean, that 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 that's pretty much what you remember of him the most, you know. Yeah. Uh, honk if you're raw. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I am. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that was uh, Scotty Taylor. We need to pause this recording. Too. No, no, no. You're good. Um. Yeah. Got so a battery in your recorder to honk. <laughs> Tatanka coming out here to yeah. pl- to face off against Scott Taylor. Yikes. Tatanka in a heated rivalry at the moment, and this time with one Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow cut off a piece of his red hair and um, would be carrying it around in a Ziploc sandwich bag during all of his matches. Something I had found out recently. Yeah, and it kind of started with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow assaulting Sherry and then uh, Tatanka coming out for the save. Which yes. Which was a little bit of a twist. You know? Yeah, you saw Bam Bam grab her by the hair like he, like, like, like she was like he, she forgot to blow him or something. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, WWF was getting a little more uh, violent over the last couple of weeks. Especially with women, too, my goodness. Yep. I guess the ink wasn't dry on those NDAs that Vince had them all signed. <laughs> Speaking of which... Uh, Bammer, I need you to go out there and make her sign the goddamn thing. I'm going to tell her we're doing an angle, all right? And then you're going to grab her by the fucking hair. I don't care how much hairspray she's got in that. you got to grab her by the fucking hair, and you tell her, bitch, sign the damn thing. Otherwise, I'm going to sit on you. Well, the the main one, McGurk, uh, that's the referee, correct? Uh, no, the, um, the, What's her the name? ring announcer, Mike McGurk, daughter of, yes, McGurk. F- daughter of famous promoter Leroy McGurk. Yes, she's the one that had the original rape lawsuit against Vince. Uh, she is actually still doing um, ring announcing um, on some of the dark matches. I was able to watch some dark matches. Um, Undertaker against Yokozuna at this time, where Yokozuna injures Undertaker during the match, um, thus bringing, uh, you know, put, putting Undertaker out for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then uh, we, we get a match between... Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title, where Mr. Perfect seemingly wins the Intercontinental title twice, but uh, then they, they the refs have an argument. and uh, Dusty Mike, finish? Michaels, yeah, dusty finish. And then you get uh, Brett and Yoko, a rematch, and uh, it's a DQ finish. Oh, okay. All right. Those are all dark matches the, from, yes, from TV tapings? Okay. Oh, yep. Nice. Yep. So, yeah, I, I remember vaguely seeing videos of her still doing ring announcing at this time. Like you said, during dark matches, I remember a Razor Ramon match. I think she had mm-hmm. she had done, uh, might have been his debut, or at least a, a, a tryout match, I should say. Um, right. Before he was Razor Ramon. So, um, there was but, also a dark match that I saw, the Tasmaniac. He got a dark match tryout. Was it in, like, the yeah. New York... Tri-state yeah. area. Yeah. Yes, sir. And it, it wasn't really well reset, uh, well received. But, yeah. Uh, that's why he kind of stayed with ECW, I assume. I think but during this time get... period, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Chris Benoit received tryouts, or maybe it was a, a few years later. But I remember seeing um, pictures and videos of Chris Benoit uh, getting dark matches or, or participating in dark matches before. WWF TV tapings with Ted DiBiase as his manager. No shit. Yeah, yeah. I remember That's that. cool. Yeah, and I, I believe it didn't really go anywhere, obviously. They, they wouldn't eventually sign until, you know, seven or eight years later. But um, And then he would go on to murder his 
mother of his child. Oh, sorry, I forgot it's oh Mother's Day. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ, you talk about me doing the jokes, now it's you. I think I'm rubbing off on you, man. Yeah, I don't know about that. You, I mean, you're, 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 you're still the Leaf Cassidy of corny jokes. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 cut, you take the cake there. I mean, you have, you have definitely beaten the dead horse that is the Owen Hart joke. Oh, sorry. Um, and, and now you, 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 result, you, re, you resort to the Giselle Shaw jokes in private. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break the fourth wall or anything. Whoops. Sorry about that. I'll put that one back in. Um, <laughs> Tatanka with the fallaway slam. Yeah, that was Rick Steiner. On Scott um, Taylor for the win. Still continuing his undefeated streak. Yes, Let's, uh, they're about to do a King of the Ring report. Um, I'll play the, yeah, I'll believe, play the audio for that. Which I believe is, uh, one of the first pay-per-views that's on a Sunday for them. Um, no, no, no? Okay. not necessarily, no. I, if I go back and remember, WrestleMania was on a Sunday. Um, okay. And I remember the Royal Rumble that year was on a Sunday, but in the afternoon. It was on at like three o'clock in the afternoon. But here's the audio for the King of the Ring report with Mean Gene Oakland. King of the Ring report. What about this kid coming out of left field to knock off the season pro, Razor Ramon? And I can't believe the Intercontinental title bout being put together right here on Raw between champion Shawn Michaels and challenger Marty Jannetty. These guys make Carl Lewis look slow. Now <laughs> then, the next big WWF pay-per-view event will be originating live from the heart of America in Dayton, Ohio, Sunday, June 13th at 8 o'clock Eastern. It's the first ever King of the Ring. The main event hits five-time World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan against Japan's most awesome power, 505-pound Yokozuna. Fans have anxiously been awaiting this one ever since WrestleMania 9. And of course, the big journey that you've been reading about in magazines and newspapers. You hear about it on radio. You see it on TV. The buzz on the street is all about the King of the Ring itself. A one-night single elimination tournament with eight of the elite from the World Wrestling Federation meeting. One of whom, by the way, at the end of the night, will be crowned the King of the Ring. Six of the eight headed for Dayton have already qualified. In the opening round of action... Brett the Hit Van Hart meets Razor Ramon. Hacksaw Jim Duggan locks up with Bam Bam Bigelow. And the narcissist Lex Luger tangles with Tatanka, the undefeated Native American. By the way, this weekend on WWF Superstars in a non-title but a qualifying match is Shawn Michaels squaring off against the big Hawaiian brush. Also this coming weekend on Wrestling Challenge in another qualifying match Mr. Hughes. The winners of those matches will advance to the King of the Ring tournament. Again, the King of the Ring can be seen live on pay-per-view cable TV. Folks, it's not too early to contact the cable company you're watching right now. Then we'll see you on Sunday, June 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific for the very first WWF King of the Ring. Spoiler alert. Um, Dennis and I recently recorded the, um, the, uh, an episode of Kicking Out at Two 
where we played the roulette wheel and we landed on the May 22nd, 1993 episode of WWF Superstars, which we will be covering on an episode of Kicking Out of Two coming up this week. Very cool. Very so cool. We'll, 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 uh, it, it's, it, it will be the debut. It will be that crush Shawn Michaels match as well as um, the debut of Adam Bomb in the WWF on that episode oh, of Superstar. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. You can find, you'll be able to find that in the streams coming up this week um, here on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Very cool. You know what I love about these Raw girls is, uh, you know, appreciating women. We get women of all shapes and sizes. Um, you know, I just love it. You yeah, know, I can. Out I, there. Yeah, women. I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh? I can. Uh, I can. So, I can appreciate the 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 the, the diversity of of motherhood um, that that, yes. that the WWF is displaying on this episode of Monday Night Raw. So you have you have, Yokozuna, you have you have full you have full size women that we just saw. You have the, yes. the the hot bikini broad from earlier. Now we got these little Asian geisha girls in the ring waiting for Yokozuna. <laughs> it's a it's like a fucking UN meeting. I mean, Hell come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before Yokozuna gets to the ring to fa- um, to to face off against Kamala, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Um, let's let's hear from his opponent coming up from King of the Ring. This is Hulk Hogan after. His match with uh, Great Muda. Um, I'm going to cue you in on the audio, Dave. All right? You ready? All right. Let's do it. All right. As we're wa- so we're, so we're going to be listening to this promo while we're watching this episode of Raw. So don't, so don't for those of you that are following along. Five times, World Wrestling Federation champion. This belt is just a toy. It's like a trinket on a Christmas tree, like an ornament. The belt that I want is the one that the Great Muta has, the IWGP belt. Because when Hulk Hogan wins the IWGP Championship, which he should have right now, it will prove that New Japan Pro Wrestling and Hulk Hogan is the greatest, the greatest partners in the world. Because I want all the great wrestlers to come to me, and I want them to come to Japan where I can wrestle and not bullshit. I want to wrestle and prove that I'm the best. Killer Ken, there's an old saying in the United States of America, and that you can't, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. But this old dog does not need new tricks. I know all the tricks. I've proven that I'm a survivor, I've proven that I'm a leader, and I will not quit professional wrestling. Many, many people you've seen quit and come back, quit and come back, but if you watch Hulk Hogan, I have never quit. I will always be here, and now that I'm back in Japan, tonight was a great night for me because I was very worried, because Muda is a brand new star, he's one of the best New Japan has, and tonight, it was fun, it was easy. I want bigger challenges, I want more opponents, we have Antonio Inoki has time to step down from his government job at the Senate. I would love to wrestle. Yeah, there you go. Sounds a little heelish there from Mr. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Mr. Bolea. Also, the interview with uh, Bolea that they catch up on Wrestling Challenge, um, they, they go to the set of Thunder in Paradise, and it's Brutus and Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan is coming off pretty heelish he said we got the wwf titles now we can get the 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 stinking tag titles he called it the wwf titles um so i i guess he was a little confused he might have been you know drinking or something that day or smoking or whatever he was doing um because he was off on vacation and uh he essentially called yokozuna yokozono the whole promo and then uh he said after the match 
that Beefcake was going to cut his hair like the Hulk Hogan style, give you a little Baldo Ronaldo, which I don't know. <laughs> but okay. uh, seemingly, it, it seems like Hulk Hogan has checked out. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. I mean, based on the, the the wrestling challenge promo and the one that you just played from from uh, the New Japan. Yeah, it sounds like he was just into uh, to, to to get a nice payday and put over the big man. Yeah. And it's clearer and clearer over time um, that he was not going to face Brett. You know that you it's know? yeah that's that's unfortunate. Um, I mean, we talked about actually on our last episode the 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 one bright spot out of that episode was the Bret Hart promo, and Bret Hart had made his intentions clear that he had a hit list of guys that he wanted to 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 avenge, uh, you know, from from prior in- scenarios and incidences. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Basically, Brett had a hit list of guys that, you know, he wanted to take out and get back the title. And Yoko, Luger, and Hogan were all yeah. on that list. And it would imply that Brett had... A, had. It's interesting because I know that things were a little more freelance when it came to the promos um, back in that day. I'm sure that they, you know, they, they were all pretty much on bullet points. But if there was never any plan to do Hogan and Brett, I'm... I'm curious to, to to see what kind of reaction Vince and others within their their writing team had when Brett mentioned Hogan's name in that promo. Um, well, I think I think that they had an inclination that they could go in that direction, but I think cha- things changed over the last couple weeks, especially with Hogan going uh-huh. to New Japan, trashing the WWF title, talking uh-huh. about he he wants to wrestle there, he doesn't want to do the bullshit anymore, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I think there was a sour taste, and and him and Vince kind of just were like, "All right, we're gonna part ways." So now, how do we fix this? Um, Bret Hart had that epic promo, like you said, but then, like two weeks later, he does it again on like a superstars, like in a backstage uh-huh. area, and he kind of has more intensity, but he rewords it. He he doesn't mention those names. He says he has a hit list, and he has to go through everybody in the WWF, thus setting him up for the King of the Ring, which so I they, think was kind of the uh, the the catalyst for that. So yeah, it sounds it, it, that sounds about right that there was that there were definitely some changes. I'm sure. Sh- my my guess, and we've talked about it before. We talked about it on the on our what if on kicking out it too. The what if uh, with Bret Hart and Hogan from SummerSlam '93, as Yokozuna defeats um, uh, Kamala, the original Baldo Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> um, but we talked about it. I'm sure that there was discussions that were had, but I don't think there was anything concrete. I think Bret was hoping for a match with Hogan because obviously a match with Hogan in a big spot would have really raised his stock, especially considering he was, you know, the top guy when Hogan was gone um, yeah. for that brief period of time as the champion. So I think Brett was looking for like some kind of, I don't know, a rejuvenation or maybe like a rebuild of sorts um, yeah. and, and, and wrestling Hogan and, 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 and looking for a passing of the torch type moment. Um, and, and unfortunately, he didn't get it. Um, we've talked about it. You can find it in the archives. Kicking out at two, what if Bret Hart versus Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam 1993. Kobe and I covered that extensively with our what if scenarios as to how we could have gotten there. Um, but, yeah, Hogan and Bret would have been very interesting. And it sounds like, it sounds like at the very least, um, 
this was this this period of time sounds about right that there was some sort of either breakdown in communication or both sides that said, you know what, I think it's time to 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 go our separate ways. But it seems like based on that Hogan promo that it wouldn't. And I don't know if this to be fact or not. Hogan has said before that there was never any plans to do a match with him and Brett. It was never discussed. But mm-hmm. it feels like. That and I and this is just my theory, okay? But it feels like whatever disagreement Vince and Hogan had might have been over Hogan's character, and Hogan uh-huh. wanted to go in a different direction. Maybe Hogan I wanted to. That. Maybe Hogan wanted to be a little more edgier. That maybe led to a heel turn. I know Hogan has said in years past that um, he wished that at the end of WrestleMania six he clobbered the Warrior. And they turned him into a heel. And then him and Warrior would have a run babyface heel um, later, you know, throughout the course of the of uh, 1990. But that was something that was like a, a small pitch that got turned down pretty quickly. Um, so yeah. I wonder if Hogan was looking to... I wonder if Hogan realized that his act got stale and he was trying to freshen things up. And I think so. That's why he was trying to make light of his hair, too. Like, I'll give you the Hulk Hogan cut. The Baldo Ronaldo. I think he he got comments from people of like, he looks thinner, he's bald, um, and this is all coming off the steroid trial. So I think um, they're still in it, the middle. Of the, I think they were still in the middle of the trial at this point too. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. So I I think he's uh he's got a lot of insecurities at this time. Um, yeah, which, he's trying he's trying to stay relevant and 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 maybe even appear younger. You know, with a, a, mm-hmm. a, a leaner look. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, who knows what it could be. None of us really truly know. But it wouldn't surprise me if there was discussions about some kind of character alter alterization. And um, he didn't, uh, they, they couldn't come to some kind of agreement. I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe it could have just been him, you know, doing same old, you know, that's not going to work for me, brother politics. And then. Vince said, all right, well, we're, we're going in a different direction with different guys. And you could see that on these shows, too, on these Raws and the Superstars. These last few weeks of these Raws are all centered around Shawn Michaels, who's the Intercontinental Champion. You know, yep. Michaels with the match with Duggan two, two, two weeks in a row, his altercation with Mr. Perfect. Now, as we see yep. here, him and Janetti in the main event of this episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, which is, so they, they which is on fire right now. Yeah, so I mean, they definitely ha- they 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 definitely had a plan in mind in terms of going with younger and more athletic um, than the tried and true formula of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, man, Marty Jannetty blowing Sean out of the water right here. I don't know if he could he could go the distance like Sean, but they they were tag team partners and they uh, did not skip a beat right there doing all those uh, interactions. Uh, multiple sunset flips, counters. Um, man, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I, I think... That, all right, go ahead. Sorry, and I think, yeah, like you said, Shawn Michaels has just been carrying the torch, uh, Mr. Monday Night, and justifiably so uh, uh, that he wanted the spot that Brett was getting, you know? Yep. Uh, I mean, the the two matches with Duggan, I was surprised at how good they were. Uh, the the, mm-hmm. the regular singles match and then the lumberjack match too the, from the mm-hmm. week prior. I was surprised at how good they were because I didn't think those two styles would mesh. But um, Duggan and and Michaels really worked well together um, in in those in those previous matches. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm guessing you've heard of the upcoming season of Dark Side of the Ring. It's going to feature Marty Jannetty. Yes, sir. We talked about that on the last episode. Yes, yes. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that episode as well as some of the other episodes that are going to be included on, on, on that season. Um, the Bash the Beach 2000 work shoot scandal with Hogan and Jarrett and Russo. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, Bam Bam Bigelow, uh, Mike Awesome, Abdullah the Butcher. Just to name a few episodes, I'm I don't know how many more wrestling tragedies they can they can right. uh, they can document anymore. Um, yeah, I know that they've been another talks- ten years. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who you got? Let's, uh, let's, I, don't, let's, I don't know. <laughs> don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> oh come on! You, you can't think of somebody. I mean, you know, um, damn pal. <laughs> well, I mean. No, his would be tra- Dave Meltzer. That's a definitely a wrestling tragedy. Oh, Jesus um, Christ! You're right. <laughs> yeah, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, the two the two AEW toilet drinkers, um, bike seat, the, the 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 bike seat sniffing uh, bandits. The two of them. My goodness, Damn, that old lady. She's uh she's awfully active, hanging over that guardrails. We see Mister Perfect making a cameo <laughs> to stop Shawn Michaels from leaving the ringside area. Yeah. Wow. She has some lean on her. Yeah, she yeah she almost leaned over, um, fell and, over and this the is, aisle. This is something that I noticed too because we got perfect working with Brett um, uh, like a month ago. They were tagging up and then perfect uh, facing off against Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Perfect is bigger than both of those guys. I am so surprised that Brett, I mean that Vince didn't go with Perfect more considering his size, um, um, and, and that Vince likes bigger guys. I mean, I think Perfect bulked up a little bit. Not like, I mean, oh, yes. When they're standing look, next to each other, you can tell a big difference. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. But I also think, too, given Perfect's age and he wasn't the performer he was a few years prior, that Vince Vince knew what he can get out of him in the role that, he's, that, that we're seeing him in now, as opposed to putting him in a, a top spot. I mean, he had a back injury. That put him out for a couple of years, so yeah. that's that, I think that was the the key. You know, I think that was probably something they they thought of if Perfect was in the discussion to to be the top guy, which I don't even think he was. I think he was more or less a name that could help get guys. He was in the Rick Rude spot where he mm-hmm. was he would help guys get to the main event. He would work with them, and I think that was part of the process with him and Sean. I could be mistaken, yeah. but that that's what it well, seemed like. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it was more moving, um, pushing the younger guys, the new generation, um, which is a, a kind of a topic I wanted to bring up with you. You covered yeah. the um, you covered some WCW on kicking out at two, correct? Around this time, uh, recently, yeah. Um, the, the 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 April twenty fourth episode, uh, main evented by uh, Vader and Cactus Jack. Yeah, and uh, on that episode, um, they actually had. Legends that were going to be honored at Slamboree. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gordon Soley um, announcing some of the legends that were going to be honored, and they mentioned the name AWA. Um, so it, 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 I'm just saying, like, it's interesting the time of 1993. Andre the Giant passes, the way, passes away. WWF starts their Hall of Fame. Then at Slamboree, we get 
on, uh, legends being honored from WCW. And yeah. guys from both, you know, any territory, they were taking up good legends. Uh-huh. Um, and there was an exodus of these older guys that didn't like what was happening in the WWF now. So yeah. the WWF had to go with this new generation um, and wouldn't really recognize their history until... I don't know. When when do you, when do you think WWF started appreciating their history more and the people that they worked with? Because WCW is already on it at this point, which I thought I was mean, really they were, cool. but they they were, but they weren't at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, in reference to WCW, I mean, it was just something that was like a yearly thing that was put together. Um, the Slambery pay per views. I mean, they didn't. I don't think they had any plans for a physical Hall of Fame um, itself, but. Um, I think WCW was, they were, they were obviously trying to go in an opposite. They were, I mean, they were all over the place, but they were also trying to rebuild. They were coming back from that Bill Watts debacle. They still hadn't found somebody to really be in charge. Eventually Bischoff would get the, the, the promotion and he would be the executive producer or executive vice president of the company. Uh, I think it was executive producer. Um, so they were they were just kind of throwing things out there and seeing what sticks. And with with the WWF going more newer, WCW at that time was just they like I said, I think they were just trying to get people to tune in any way they possibly could um, by yeah. bringing in. And it, they were just like one night things, you know. I, um, which which also brings me to my 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 ultimate point is um, you know later this year. Uh, Eric Bischoff would meet with Hulk Hogan on the set of Thunder in Paradise, and uh, uh, they would they would end up picking up that 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 big ratings grab that the WCW needed, essentially. Yeah, um, I'd heard that they had some early talks in this time, uh, not this period as we're watching this match, but no, the later this year. Later this year, yeah, and Hulk listened to him, but wasn't really. Super impressed. Oh, what we got here? One, two, three. Upset wow. again. Marty Jannetty with the victory over Shawn Michaels, the new Intercontinental Champion. Oh, boy. With a little help from uh, Mr. Perfect. Wow. As we got about a minute left of this watch along here. Let's play the audio. Yeah, Marty Jannetty. And then they they show the towel there, signifying uh, what had happened at the end. Mr. Perfect threw the towel. It was supposed to get stuck in Sean's face, kind of breezed by him, but he still acted distracted and uh, got the roll-up. Yeah, so clearly uh, they're furthering the the, the nice progression with the Mr. Perfect angle. Um, Shawn Michaels, this this watch-along comes to an end. Um, To kind of put a bow on what we were just talking about with the – with the, the, the differences between WWF and WCW at the time, um, and then Bischoff talking to Hogan. Hogan wasn't really too impressed with what they had to offer, and it wasn't until Bischoff had gotten help from Ric Flair to, 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 to accompany him to these negotiations uh, mm-hmm. later, where eventually Hogan would, would, would take them up on the deal. I had said this on an older episode of Kicking Out at Two, and I think... I think this would have helped put a shot in the arm of WCW a little earlier, 
but they were still recognizing both the WCW and the NWA World Heavyweight title. Okay? Right. And they had this Hall of Fame that they were that they had put together um, on their for that Slamboree pay-per-view. It would have been very interesting and helpful for WCW if they acquired Hogan much earlier to not only maybe put him in their Hall of Fame to kind of give that a shot in the arm, but also maybe Hogan as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, unifying and, those titles too. Yeah, he could have been maybe, that guy. Yeah, you know, like that that could have been something that would have that would have drawn some interest to them because. I'm not saying this because I'm a Hulk Hogan fan, but this is just facts. Hogan still had value, okay? He still he, he he still was a name. It wasn't like it wasn't like he nobody wanted didn't want to see him anymore. I just think people didn't want to see him within that incarnation of the the, the hero good guy, you know, red, white, and blue. Um, yeah, but and it, uh, he was the hottest free agent for a little bit too, you know? Yes. I mean, it, it had been made clear that he didn't really want much to do with wrestling, but if he was going to land some... I mean, there had been talks that he was going to go back to the WWF at one point. Um, mm-hmm. There had been talks that he wanted nothing to do with wrestling anymore, and then WCW kind of threw their name in the hat, and, um, you know, obviously the rest is history. We know how that all turned out, but... Um, right. Definitely, uh, definitely a fun episode of Raw we just watched. Interesting hey, time hey, period. Coming out, oh, sorry. Coming off of that topic, is CM Punk the Hulk Hogan of twenty twenty three? I don't know. I mean, let me put it okay. this way. Okay. No, I mean, well, he's not a free agent. He's still he's still under well, contract to AEW. True, but okay. the 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 attitude, the uh, the name, the uh, the people that want him, the possibilities going on. It's just uh, you know, thirty years. Uh, is interesting contrast to those two characters. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a name. Okay, he draws. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I can't deny what he brings to the table. Um, I will say, I think his most recent actions with him appearing, you know, him showing up backstage at Raw in Chicago recently, as well as um, him showing up backstage at Impact in Chicago recently, was his way of letting Tony Khan know, like, hey, dude, I could show up at the fucking mall unannounced and people will come see me. So get your shit together. Yep. That's just my take. I, I think... Maybe I think he, maybe that's what Hulk was doing with Vince at the time. It's like, look, I could go I could go to New Japan. I could do WCW. I could do my TV show. Yeah, and I mean, I, that's very possible, too. He could have been, you know... Terry Brother Jack dude could have been angling for a bigger contract <laughs> with some more money. I mean, it's it's possible. It's very possible. Yeah. I don't I don't rule that out. He is one of the people say he's such a shrewd businessman, but he was very protective of his brand and uh, what so made is him money. And, what, yep. and so are yeah, and so is he too. He's very protective of his brand. He's also you know so stubborn he'd bite his nose off to spite his face. But he he's also another guy that's very protective of his image and how that's presented um, to the wrestling world. So, um, yeah, it could have been a case where Hogan was doing the same thing. You know, all right, yeah. brother. Well, if, if, if this is not it's not how you want to do it, then I'll just go over here. But I, I, I kind of tend to believe that Hulk didn't really have that. He was burnt out from wrestling. I mean, think about it. Yeah. The long yeah. run he had, was, which was almost a decade, nonstop. That's, 
Well, he non-stop. wrestled years before that too, so nearly fifteen years. But I mean, the 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 the, the grind of the run when the Hulkamania really started. Oh yeah, you know? for sure, like for sure. With 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 Vince when he came on and like you know from yeah. all the WrestleManias up until you know he left in '93, like that was making I it mean, an on the road brand. Yeah, for yeah, sure. he yeah, he, I mean he was he was nonstop, you know, and ten and people discredit what he's done. Um, some people will discredit what he's done based on their personal beliefs on him, but to think about it. The type of run he had, nobody could ever rival that, ever, in wrestling. Yeah. Nobody, okay? Yeah. Not Steve Austin, not The Rock, not John... Well, maybe John Cena came close, but nobody could rival the type of run that he had with, the, with, with how popular he was and how long he stayed on top at that level. And, yeah. you know, there's maybe a few. You know, John Cena... Undertaker maybe, but not too many guys can can say that they had a run like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, wow. This has been a really fun episode for uh, watching purposes and a lot of us uh, talking about this time period. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yes, I had a good I had a good time. Um, let me uh, let's let's see what we got here for the month of I June. See, can... I see June twenty first. Razor Ramon puts up to ten thousand dollars to get another chance at defeating the one two three kid. That's something that's, that you're that's, June twenty first. That, that would be my pick, um, but you can you are more than welcome to pick any other episode. Well, let, let, let's go through these here for just a moment. Um, sure. Let me just get my peacock here loaded. Um, <laughs> Do you want to pause it? <laughs> I know, right? Let me go find some more battery for my recorder. Um, <laughs> let's see what we got here. So, June twenty. So, for the month of June, we let's look at the month of June here. So, um, Razor Ramon offers the kid ten thousand dollars for a rematch and talks the King of the Ring against Bret Hart. That's June the seventh which would be the go-home episode of Monday Night Raw before King of the Ring. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this might be the debut of Diesel um, on television. Yes. June 14th, Marty Jannetty battles Doink the Clown, and the 123K answers Razor Ramon's challenge to a rematch. June 21st, Razor Ramon puts up $10,000 just to get another chance at defeating the kid. And then June 28th, Mr. Fuji challenges anyone who wants to attempt to body slam the mighty Yokozuna. You know what? I like the June 21st idea. Let's go with June 21st, 1993 uh, as our next episode to watch here on Mark and Out Today. Season 3, Raw is 30. Let's follow up. Let's have some consistency here, you know. Kid defeats Razor. Razor gets the rematch for $10,000. Bing, bang, boom. That's how you do it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to check out the archive. Like, rate, review, share, and subscribe if you dig this show. It helps us grow. Thank you for over 15,000 downloads, over 500 episodes of evergreen content in our archive at all times for your ears and listening pleasure. Everyone, so long. Dave, I will catch up with you next month. All right. Sweet. Sweet.